Welcome back to the Men Unite podcast. It has been a week of waiting to do this next one. It's been too long, man. I was edgy. Yeah, man. Dead excited. Really, really, really excited for this episode. Today we had Lee Anderson in. He's a life coach and his story, man, it got fucking deep. Again, that very deep emotionally. There's everything in this episode again. Like we didn't never fail in it. Where never. we laugh, then we're quiet for a long time trying to like take everything in. Yeah. And we end up being inspired. Such a good episode. So open, honest, and like you said, fun along the way. Just what we like to see on the Men Art podcast. All fun. But Enjoy before we it. before we get into that episode again. My mate Beard Company, head over to their, them guys to get your beard products. So good, so good. Oil, balm, you name it. It's so good. Very, very good. Makes you feel good as well, man. Makes you feel good. Wake up in the morning, get that balm in the beard, get that oil in. I feel good. Na, 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 na. And also, Champion Mindset Clothing, Monty. Going, doing well. Thank you for everyone who's been trying to support, sharing, um, even buying the, the garments. All going to a good cause, trying to raise and spread awareness as well through a powerful message, which is through pain we grow. And cheers, keep supporting lads, my people. And it's for everyone as well, because I've had this already where people are asking me, is it just for men? No, it's unisex. For yeah, everyone. baby. Everyone. Everyone. So enjoy the episode. And again, we love you, you beautiful humans. We love you all. Men Unite podcast with Bids and Monty. Yo, Lee, what's happening, bro? Are you well? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yes, mate, I'm very good. I've got a, a lot of material today. I've got a nice rant as well. Oh, okay. ha- yeah, something's happened during the week that I need to get off my chest. Oh, so okay. we can have a chat about that later on. Monty, what's happening, mate? I'm all good, bro. I'm all good. It's about time. It feels like we've not done one for a long time. What, two weeks now? It's only been two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We had, a, we, had a, we had a week off, didn't we? Yeah, but it feels long. It feels long, man. I'm excited to hear about Lee, about his live adversities, and now he's come out the other side, being the man he is now, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why it's so long is because we've done, like, I think it's 25 weeks in a row without a break. We've wow. done 20, 25 episodes. This will be episode 26. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And last week was Mother's Day. So we had a break for that. Tough time for myself. Um, and I'm sure it's a tough time for many others out there. So anyone that struggled last week with Mother's Day, I love you. It's a hard, hard time. Dates. Dates in that calendar for people, man. Cause triggers. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. triggers. Big, big triggers. I spoke about this. Because currently on a peer support course, which Lee actually randomly said yesterday, didn't you, bro? 
I me- did, yeah. You messaged me. Um, well, voice message, didn't you, saying, got something for you if you're interested. And then you said about the um, getting the lads who run the Men United admin team on a peer support kind of course or something. Yeah, so I kind of mentioned the fact that when you're doing stuff like this, it's it's all really good having a conversation about stuff that you're experiencing, i.e. from other people, but you need an outlet because we tend to let a lot of stuff from other people hook into us and we take it as our own and we try to make sense of it. But when you're sitting around and you're having peer supervision and you're being very objective about the stuff and the information you're receiving from other people, you can then dump it, for want of a better word, because it doesn't belong to you. Um, because we tend to take a lot of responsibility from others with us and we kind of make it our own and it kind of manifests in different ways. Um, and it's really good to kind of sit down and go, look, I spoke to this person the other day and this really hooked into me or this really resonated or it triggered me and I don't understand why. And it gives you an opportunity to talk about it amongst, you know, in, in a really safe space, but amongst people that kind of understand because they're going through the same thing or they've experienced the same thing. Um, and when I was going through my training, you know, we had to have supervision like every two weeks and we talk about our cases and if there was anything about the case that resonated with us or that was similar to any experiences that we'd gone through because we had to give it back to the clients because yeah. it was theirs to make sense of. And so when they left the session, they were going with what they left, but they were making more sense of it and understanding it because it wasn't our problem. And it was kind of important, especially the stuff that you guys are doing, that you kind of, you know, you leave it at the front door before you take it inside. And it was just weird that I'd mentioned that to you and you was on a course. Yeah. I was like, yeah, bro, I'm uh, doing a peer support course. I even took a, a photo of the Zoom meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that's weird shit. It was bizarre. It was really bizarre. Some weird fucking portal paranormal shit happening there. Telepathy stuff going on, man. Big time. That's sick, though. I like that. And then you go to show, like, you meet people just like that. And the connection you can end up having, like, it is doing that. You send him something that he's doing. Mm. Oh, we're here. To, we're here to make a difference, man. We are, mate. It is. It is. And I think that, you know, as we were saying at the, at the start, you know, it's all about information. It's all about sharing. You know, it's all knowledge. You know, there's similarities and experiences, but that one piece of knowledge is a golden nugget to somebody. You know, it really yeah. is. Like, that can completely change somebody's life just a simple sentence that maybe one of the three of us will throw about in this and then someone will go, I get that. That's me. Yeah. yeah. And that will change the course, the direction of what they're going in. You know, it really does. Yeah, it's 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 good because we've got a good example of um, that golden nugget like you've just explained because me and Monty last week uh, took a, a mental health like talk and... Um, a local college right. the, the students were between 16 and 18 yeah, I think we were on for about 45 minutes just yeah. basically just getting getting into the head that it's okay to talk about mental health you know mm-hmm. don't let that emotional explosion happen and then you do something drastic um, and we've had some really good feedback off that and the students actually reached out to the lecturer and after after that um, meeting um, and said that they needed help. So, boom. That's Victory. 
Victory, my friend. Victory, victory. Yeah, that's what it's all about, mate. Is that one thing yes. that changed that dude's life? That, yeah. Like what you said, Lee, is so good as well when you're sharing or like kind of help someone, but you also then sort of take it back onto your own self of your own life experiences. Mm. So you use your own life as an example of what you're trying to explain. And then at least, and I think whoever you're speaking to then actually can like, oh my God, it actually has happened to him as well. Yeah. He's, he's experienced that. And when you've got that in you and then you're sort of like spreading the love and the awareness, people can identify with it a bit more. Absolutely. But how can, obviously I'm not saying they can't do it, but someone who maybe not have experienced certain things to an extent, giving advice, but then they can't sort of then give an example of, of that advice they're given because they've never like been through that. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it comes, it becomes quite generic. You know, if you're learning a particular trade and you're teaching that trade, you don't fall outside that. But we all learn differently. Yeah. I'm visual and I like to be showing stuff. And I learn, some people like to learn by being verbal, you know, and they're they're, they're told something. Some people are shown something. You know, we're all different. It's like sitting in a class and like constantly putting your hand up and going, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. It don't mean that you're slow. It just means the way that you're teaching me doesn't connect. I used to be scared, you know, when, when obviously me coming from Colombia, I couldn't speak a word of English. And I'm sat in class like this. And I was like, but I was so scared to be laughed at. Well, if you Again, put your hand up. Yeah, to put my hand up, because then if I put my hand up, in what language I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to the teacher? He's not going to understand Spanish. <laughs> you can teach. Oh, mate, it was tough. But that's the problem right there, though, right, is that, is that asking, is putting your hand up, because you've been, you're, you're kind of, your understanding of asking for help means that you're stupid or that you're going to be laughed at or ridiculed. Yeah. Really, all you're doing is going, look, what you're saying to me, I don't understand it. You need to tell me in a way that I understand. And that's kind of what's going on now in regards to mental yeah. health is the fact that I don't want to ask you for help because I've asked people for help in the past and it's fallen on deaf ears because they don't get it because yeah. I don't know how to articulate how I was feeling. So therefore, if I'm going, I need you to help me, they're going to go with what? But because I'm going, mm, mm, I'm not telling them nothing. And they're, then they're, they're, they're not saying nothing back to me. And I'm thinking they're ignoring me. But then I'm going to retreat even further into myself and make the problem even worse than what it is. Because I don't know how to explain it. And yeah. so how are they going to know? And it's that. It's so each one of us talking something is giving somebody else a voice or a language that they can identify with and go, there, that's the words I've been trying to find. Like you've just given them to me and now I can give them to somebody else because they're going to help me now. Yeah. But we don't know that until we do it. Yeah, yeah. No, so- he, got, he got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm done here and I can't speak the language. I need something. And I, and I needed to go to the toilet and I didn't know how to say it, mate. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? And she was like, yeah, what's wrong? Obviously, whatever she said, but to me, it sounded like, yeah, what do you need? Yeah. Uh, Joe? Joe? <laughs> 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 you just put, should have just put your hand up and just gone. 
<laughs> that might have worked for you, mate. Mate, it was funny. But I think after that, I came up my, my comfort zone and I was like, no, I need to try. If I need to learn, if I want to learn the language, I need to even try and speak broken Spanish, English, I need something here. So I started picking up things. If I heard, if I heard a word, I used to go home. Like my my journey home was about an hour, right? And on the on the way home, whatever whichever word I heard, I would stick it in my head. Say like if it was, oh my god, or stick it in my head, repeat, oh my god, 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 all the way home. When I got home, mum, what does oh my god mean? Then she'll tell me in Spanish. And then I started putting one word and two words together, and in fact, putting sentences together. And I repeat that same sentence the whole week because I understood what it meant. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! What do you mean? Yeah. And then they'll come back with what they were saying. I'm like, mm, I need to go home now. What did you say? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want for your dinner today, Christian? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> if it works, it works, mate. It works, don't it? Fully yeah. rich. But that's that see there though, like that's a good point. Well made, right? Because what you've done is is that you found a way to communicate. And yeah. by finding a way to communicate, even if it's just a broken word, you then went away and found another way to pass that across. And it's like anything, is when you find something, when you find a word and you can you can communicate and someone gets it, then you go away and you find more and you start to looking for more stuff. So it's like saying, I need you to help me. And then you've said it because it's like, right, I've just opened the door now, you know, so like there's something in there that I can go in and see what it is. And then you're going to go and explore other things. And that's where you start to gather more information and start to understand more. And so where you're practicing that sentence and then you're adding more words to it, your vocabulary is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Do you understand what I mean? And it's like yeah. with mental health, when you first say to somebody, I'm struggling here. That's it. You know, you've said it. It's out. They're aware that there's something going on inside. And then you start to make your vocabulary bigger. And then you start going in search of other people. And you start gravitating to other people that are suffering and people that are still, you know, that are saying the same things as you. And that's how your world then starts to get bigger. And you start to then understand what it is that you're dealing with. And you start to understand how to then find coping mechanisms that work for you. Because it's got to be something that works for you. You know, it's tried and tested for somebody else, but you've got to bastardise the arse out of that to make sure that it works for you. And yeah. you know, and that's how it works. You just kind of, by that one sentence, and then your vocabulary got huge. Yeah. Well, I can speak to you guys now. It's, fi it's, finding, <laughs> that, it's finding that relation as well, and it's someone that re relates to you. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if I go out or to the shop or something, and I'm bumping to someone, and just walk up to him and be like, hey, how you doing? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? I'd be like, oh, I'm struggling today. Majority of the time, they'd fucking walk off because they wouldn't know what to say. They'd, they'd, people don't know how to approach the subject of yeah. mental health. I've, I've witnessed it so many times, especially like in my younger days. Like when, when I was in school, nothing, nothing was spoken about mental health. I didn't know I was on a bad day. I might, I might have been in a bad mood. I, I didn't know something was triggering me. I, I wasn't, I wasn't taught that. I wasn't learn. I wasn't learning about mental health in any sort of way until me adult 
when I'm, well, now, five years ago, probably. That sounds mad that I only opened up five years ago about yeah. about my struggles. It's fucking mad. It's crazy. I think, yeah, think about it now. And it's like, I spent majority of my teenage years in the opening stages of my adult life struggling, but not knowing. Not knowing what the fuck was going on in my head. It's like if I if I had that realization earlier, what you know, what would I be doing now? Where would it be now? Who fucking knows? It makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It makes you think really bad. It's like you like you were saying earlier about overthinking. Yeah. Like I overthink things as well, but not at the not at the level I used to. I used to overthink everything, all situations I'd overthink them. And then it just fucked my day up. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally, totally relate to that, mate. You know, I used to get changed like five times just to go to the corner shop. Yeah. Literally up and down the stairs changed because I was going to the corner shop. It was two minutes on the corner that I knew everybody that worked in there. But my anxiety wouldn't let me get out the door. If we was going out for dinner, I'd stop. We've got to turn around and go back. You know, I don't feel comfortable. You know, yeah. and we'll be off there. So I don't care. We need to go back. Otherwise, I'd sit there and I'd constantly worry. I wouldn't engage with anybody. I'd go really into myself, um, you know, and then I'd use alcohol as a way to cope with it. It would just, it would cripple me, literally cripple me. What, what was the um, getting changed about? Was it the way you looked? Yeah. I think it was more about how people saw me. Yeah, and yeah. So, if I if I, I wouldn't go like whereas now I wouldn't think twice about running down the shop or can't run down the shop but going to the shop in my tracksuit or if I've been working in the garden it doesn't bother me now do you know what I mean but back then it was like what people would think and I managed to track it back so the more work I've done on myself and you know in, the more I started to realize it was like something from my childhood my mom you know, do you have um good clothes and bad clothes yeah like decent clothes on don't put your good clothes on and so and it goes back to that and it was like if we went out with my mum, she would always make sure that we were dressed immaculately with our good clothes on. Yeah. Because we was a representation of her. Um, and that always stuck. And I think up until about probably six or seven years ago, I still had that kind of, these are the good clothes and this is, you know, these are normal everyday clothes. And I'd always make sure that I'd wear my good clothes if I was going out into places I've never been before. Yeah. Whereas every day is a good day. You know what I mean? You should always look, uh, make an effort. But I managed to work out that was what it was. It was that that kind of... That's mad. Crazy. That's mad, That's, man. We, we have touched on that a lot of times, but in, in regards of like, a lot of the mental health, emotional health issues that we tend to have at our older ages. Yeah. When we were kids. Yeah. That one event that happened at that stage that like because we're not aware of it we're just kids anyway and as we're growing up we tend to forget about our journey yeah. what has brought us to the position that we're in now but then when we actually if we take a moment to sit down and reflect on our life and start pinpoint things we come to terms that Jesus that's what he was when I was this age this is what happened so now I'm acting like this. And you start putting two and two together. Yeah. But a lot of human beings tend not to go back there because of the fear or the pain 
that stage course in their life, whether they were kids, whether they were teenagers, whatever whatever age they were, they were in. But it's something that we have to do to be able to grow. And I think you done that, Lee, in regards of like, you know what, my clothes, I'm changing all the time. Oh, this is what mum was like. This is what she made me wear when I was with her. This is what I had to wear when I was on my own. Mm. And now you've realised that every day is a good day. It looks yeah. good and to make the best of your of your days and to, to just do it for yourself anyway. Yeah. I'm looking for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever day it is, you have to do it for yourself. I need to look good for myself. Yeah, definitely. We've got yeah. filters nowadays anyway, aren't we? You got, <laughs> you got filters, mate. Yeah, you can make yourself, you can make yourself look like a dog. <laughs> I'd love that if I was a kid. Make yourself look like a dog. You know, right. All right, if, you, if you could be an animal, what which animal would you be? Me. Uh, that'd be a lion all day, mate. What about you, Lee? Me? I'll be honest with you, mate. I'd be a penguin. Why? Because penguins are loyal. And penguins stick to what they do. So they stay together. They 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 help each other. They enable each other. They move together as a crew and as a pack. And I've just got this thing about penguins, man. I just love them. You know what I mean? And they kind of... And men and women look after and rear their children themselves, you know, between them. So the man will go off and look for food. The woman will go off and look for food. And they both take on each other's roles. Yeah. And I, me, I just, I just love that. You know what I mean? And I've always liked penguins from like a young age. They stink to fuck. <laughs> but, but I'm just penguins, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's a good combination. If you've got a penguin with a mindset of a lion, imagine that. What oh. about you? What about you? What would you be, mate? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll be a bird or something, mate. I can fly everywhere for free. What kind of bird? Oh, you know, I've never thought about that. Predator? Nah, I can't be a predator. <laughs> <laughs> You could be an eagle or a pigeon, you know what I mean? Oh, don't yeah, be a little, pigeon. Little pigeon. I'll, be, I'll be a little pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Love that. <laughs> so we've got a penguin. Penguin. Got a pigeon, lion. So I know which one of the three of us is still going to be alive after this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. All of us. Stroking the mane as well. Yeah. It's that, it's that mane, mate. Lion's mane, wow. Come on. I like that. Just flicking your towel in the, in, in the sun, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mad. It's mad that you brought it up because this morning I was watching um, some videos on Instagram. There's a, a Instagram page called, um, I think it's something like Africa Wildlife. Something. It's basically this, uh, like a zoo. But safari and um yeah. so the workers that work there have got like these mad like relationships with these lions mate honestly like they're lying down with them and like 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 a fucking pet really and like the cheat like this guy like runs off this lion chases him and like proper like goes for him and like it's only play like but wow mad got some yeah. chimpanzees got some chimpanzees on there as well <laughs> get a chimpanzee, mate. Yeah, yeah, Lee knows about yeah. the chimpanzees. That bid's told us a story about the chimpanzees. Have you told Lee? Yeah, he knows, fully knows, mate. I haven't forgotten about that, mate. I'm still trying to process that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like looking at the monkey the same way again, man. Bubble, I could just imagine what kind of monkey bubbles was, you know what I mean? Woohoo. Uh, they, they, they look so nice, don't they though? Come on, cool, cool animal. Monkeys. Just don't fuck with them on your birthday. No way. No way. <laughs> so Lee, you are a life coach, right? I am, yes. So how did you how did you get involved in that? So it's not it's not always something you've done, is it? No, no. So I um so basically I used to work for the Ministry Ministry of Defence, um, okay, in in uh, in military environment. Um, and about six years ago, seven about six and a half years ago, I had a breakdown. Basically, you know, yeah. you can so much, and then at some point, something's got to give. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, when you get to rock bottom, mate, they don't take vacancies there. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of got to find your own back on the on way back. So um, I had bats of psychosis, um, I had paranoia, insecurity, um, massively just completely imploded. Um, you know, I, to the point that I thought I was being followed. So I'd throw my mobile phones away, watches, wow. cards. Um, I phoned an ambulance on myself one day and asked him to come and get me because I was just, I, so my husband was on the phone and it was really making me paranoid. And I was going to move your phone and move your phone. He's like, I'm yeah. your mom. you know, I'm going to phone yeah. your mum. I was like, I don't believe it. I kept trying to snatch the phone out of his hand. And, uh, anyway, I managed to get the phone out of his hand. And my, it was my mum. I went to her, who are you with? And she went, I'm with Simon. So I went, put her on the phone. Because I had to confirm it was her. Yeah. Went, How many kids have you got? And she went, um, um, I've got four. I went, you're lying to me. What so, the fuck? Because she has got, she's got two kids, but I didn't realise she had two stepkids. But she, so she said four, so it completely threw me. So what it was doing is it was, it was basically confirming that it wasn't her on the phone. And he was yeah. lying. Because I was so far in this this, this episode of psychosis, um, so the ambulance turned up and then I wouldn't let him in the house, um, and I was like, "No, fuck off!" And all this, I, you know, just anything. I just wasn't believing nothing. And then, then my mom, my mother-in-law turned up, and I managed to let her in the house because I had to make make her prove to me that it was her through the letterbox. Yeah. Um, so she came in, um, and then she had a handful of mints. And I was standing there, like, kind of, they were standing in front of me, facing each other. And she gave him a mint, but she didn't give me one. So I just freaked even more. Um, and then she left. I made her leave the house. And it was just me and him and the dog. And then um, I managed then, then I got into the ambulance because I was thinking, like, you know, I need to get. So I got into the ambulance and they were really, I felt they were being really horrible to me. Um, I had a cut on my head and all that and they wouldn't dress it. Um, and then that was just making it even worse. So... We got to the hospital and in my head, I'd already planned that I was going to escape because I felt they were going to take me in and they were going to section me and they were going to keep me in and I was never going to come out again. Yeah. When, when I got out of the ambulance, I fell on the floor on purpose outside the um, reception and I was banging on the window to the woman and saying to her, like, help me. She was just looking at me as if I was mad. Um, and then I went into the hospital, sat down at the, at the, uh, the reception and... Um, I went to the, to the nurse, the triage nurse. I went, I haven't got to stay here, have I? And she went to me, no. And I went, all right, and I run. I run through the hospital, came out the other side. I ditched my phone. I ditched my watch. Anything I had on me, I ditched, apart from my, my credit card, um, because it was the only thing that had my name on it. 
Um, and I remember running up this road and literally my heart was beating out of my chest and I just thought everyone was chasing me. Um, and I ran to the hospital that I was born in, which was like two miles up the road. And I went into the reception, I went to the guy, look, this is what's happened. This is my, my credit card. Can you phone somebody? And he was like, mate, I don't even know who you are. You know, I, you know this hospital is like for, for old people now. I couldn't even admit you if I wanted to. And an ambulance drove past outside and it was the same ambulance that picked me up and I thought they were searching for me. Um, and it was just, anyway, I ended up running up this middle of this road thinking that everybody in the cars going past me were trying to get me into their cars. So I just started running and I didn't know where I was running to because every time I tried to go in the direction of my mum's house, I just thought that everyone was looking at me were trying to capture me. Um, yeah. And anyway, I found myself outside this church um, and because when you're in psychosis, everything's association. So everything you see is associated with what's going on in your brain. Do you know what I mean? And in my brain, everyone was trying to kidnap me to take me away. Um, and then I was seeing like associations to like family. So like daffodils were associations to my nan. Um, there was like other little things that were just associations. And I remember knocking on this this, um, this church door for the people that live next door in the church. Like yeah. Chapel, and he never answered the door. So I sat outside this church and... Um, I was sitting, I was just crying and crying and crying and crying. And there was a guy that was sitting inside the church, but a little bit further down. And he kept looking at me and I was thinking, oh my God, he must be like secret service or something. Like he's come to find me. Anyway, he ended up coming up and sitting next to me. And we were chatting and he was like, what's your problem? And I was trying to explain to him what was going on and it just wasn't happening. And I was going to say, what are you here for? And he went, I live over the road. He said, me and my missus have fallen out. And she won't let me see the kids and all this. I'm having this conversation with this guy trying to hold it all together and trying to, trying to get him to go over and knock on his door, on his wife's door, for her to then invite him in. I said, look, she's coming out with a baby in her arms. Like, she's trying to say to you, look, come and talk to me and all this. And he's like, so I'm trying to fix this guy whilst I'm falling to pieces next to him. Like, it was really crazy. It was just so, so surreal. And um, about, it felt like I was there for days like literally for days. And I see my sister drive past. So I've kind of waved her down and I went to her, she went, come and get in the car and I'll take them on. I can't leave. I can't walk past this, this, this line, you know, because if I walk past the line, I'm not going to be protected by the church anymore. And I'm not even religious. Wow. Not even religious in the slightest. No. But, but I'm so inside my head now that I couldn't get out. Do you know what I mean? And I remember, and my nephew was there as well, in the, and I went to her, don't let him see me like this. Like, I don't want him to see me like this. Do you know what I mean? So she found my other sister, and they come and pick me up, and I got in the car, and I just felt like, I felt five years old. Like, I was just crying. I was just saying, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And she was like, don't worry. You're safe. You know what I mean? I was like, but I just, I'm supposed to be looking after you. And I was just kind of, look, don't worry. We got you. Do you know what I mean? And I remember going home to my mum's house, and my mum was there, and... um and both of my sisters and my nephew was in the front room. And my um and then my husband came in with his mum. And we sat down and like he was in tears and she was in tears and all that. And um I was just sitting around his table and I was just sobbing. And I was like, look, I went, I went you gotta tell me off. And she went to me, no. She went, look, you're here, you're safe, you're all right. Do you know what I mean? Don't worry, we'll get you help. And my sister worked at the hospital and she was like, look, I can get you in, we can get you assessed and you can stay in. I went, I'm not going in. I said, because I go in and not gonna let me out. You know what I mean? I don't believe myself, so they're not going to fucking believe me. Do you know what I mean? And it was then when I sat down and I went to, oh, by the way, so if you're not going to tell me off, I need to tell you this. You know, I tried to commit suicide like a couple of months ago. And my mum was like, fuck, all right, you know, but you're here. 
So she was present, like she was present and she was kind of like, look, I can't change what has happened, but what I can do is let you know where we are now and let's move forward with this. And I think that was the massive turning point for me. Do you know what I mean? Was the fact that I couldn't go any further down than I already was. Yeah. Couldn't go any further. There was nowhere else for me to go. Do you know what I mean? And then I just kind of opened up about a lot of stuff that was going on or that had happened. Um, and then kind of, I think it just switched. You know, like you just kind of like, all right, so this is the worst that it is. The worst that it is. You know, I've tried to remove myself from this planet and it didn't work. Then I've gone through all this kind of, you know, this internalization of everything. And, you know, I'm still here. So there's a reason. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason for it. And it kind yeah. of, there, it just kind of, it changed. It just totally changed for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's mad, mate. Honestly, that's that's mad. Thanks for sharing that with us. I mean, yeah. that's uh, some kind of, something like you see in a film. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, that's the kind of, like, I've done that down a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is happening over the course of a day. Um, I was, you know, there was one point I was sitting on the corner of a road and this woman pulled up in a car and she went to me, can I help you? And I was like, you can't help me. Nobody can help me. And she went, are you sure? And I went, and she drove back around and she went to me, are you sure? And I went, there is nothing, honestly, you don't want me in your life because there's just, you know what I mean? And that was just the kindness of some random stranger that just saw this huge bloke sitting on the corner crying. Do you know what I mean? And she was this tiny little woman in her car and it was just kind of like, who does that? Like, who does that? Was it, was this like um, a build up that you kind of bottled up? I think yeah. for me, you know, I, I so I, I know, I know now because I know and I'm so aware now, you know, yeah. I know so much. I, I can probably track it back for at least three decades. I'm 46. And so I know even my teenagers, mate, you know, I had this dark cloud that, that, that followed me. Yeah. Um, I had issues with being gay because I didn't know what it was like to be gay, or how I was supposed to act, you know, what I was supposed to look like, because the people that I knew were gay were very not me. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see myself being like that. You know, I wanted children, I wanted to get married, but how I was feeling was telling me differently. So I had that inner turmoil from that, you know? Um, I think also, you know, as, a, as, as the eldest child and being a boy, you know, and being in a single parent family, you kind of get a lot of responsibility as well that comes with being the eldest child. It's just yeah. how it is. And so you kind of carry a lot of that stuff with you as well. Um, even with friends, I always thought it was like I was, because I was different anyway, and I would hide how I was feeling inside I always kind of put myself on the periphery of people as opposed to being in the middle of it. But then I battled with that thinking that I wasn't part of that as well. Um, so I had it, you know, for me as a citizen, because I'm so aware now, I know that I can sit down and I've untangled so much of my own stuff that I totally get the person that I am now, you know, yeah. complete full circle as in totally fucked up to like so balanced that I kind of embraced that that's part of who I was and who yeah. I am. Um, do you know what I mean? But never thought I'd live past 30 at some point. And then when I got to 40, I was like fucking, you know, just like, like drugs and alcohol and all that sort of stuff. Because they were all coping mechanisms. They were just way of dealing with stuff. And then what happens is, is that there's only so much that you can take. There's only yeah. so much that you can hold. And then it's, something has to give. It has to give. And it did. 
and I just imploded. You know, I thought I was taking a lot of responsibility at work and, you know, disposable income and burning the candle at both ends. And at some point, everything just has to go. Yeah. That's it. And it did. And then I think I had like three months off of work. And then I started doing some counseling. And that changed my life. I started to realize that actually I can talk about this shit. And yeah. And for me, talk therapy is like the best therapy that you can get, even if you're just talking to your power in the pub. You know, I've always been good with people. I've always understood people. I've always been able to tap into people, you know, like listen and really hear people and really see people. You know, people would always come to me and go, what would you do about this? And, you know, I've got this issue. I've got this problem. What would you do? And I'd be very objective. You know, I wouldn't give, well, if it was me, it'd be like, well, have you thought about this? Or did you think about that? Or give a suggestion. Do you know what I mean? Because you're giving them back their power. You're saying to them, well, if I give you this, what would you do with it? But I was never good at taking my own advice. Because yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah, I, I think just... we I think we're all guilty of that though. I mean, well, guilty guilty is quite pretty strong word, but I think we we've all been in that situation where you know we just didn't didn't feel ready at some point. It's like like with the counselling that you had. What what was the build up like for you? Because I know mine was mine was a fucking nightmare. I think I was ready. I think because. I'd got everything out, you know, with my mom and my family, like my, my immediate family. Like, yeah. I was ready then to kind of embark on this 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 change. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, I've occupied this space for so long now, I need something different. Like I need to know what it's like to be me. Because I didn't know what it was like. I was being for everybody else, but I just wasn't giving Lee anything. And I didn't know who it was. And for years, I was like, I didn't want to be someone's son. I didn't want to be someone's husband. I didn't want to be someone's brother. But I didn't know what it was like to be me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how to facilitate myself, um, and and I think that's just kind of a lot of us experience that in different ways because we have so many labels attached to us, and we have things that we have to live up to, and so many expectations. But they're never our own. Like they're never our own expectations. It's always what we're taught and what we're led to believe, um, and it's difficult to peel a lot of that stuff away because we don't know what is us and what is from other people and what we've learned. Um, you know, it's all part of that learned behavior. It's that cycle. If you believe something, therefore it is, you know, therefore I am. And we have no sense of self. Yeah. With the with the coaching side, um, did did you do any qualifications to that or yeah. Do yeah, you so, do do you use a lot of your life experiences as well? Was it a bit of a mix? So, so as I said at the beginning, I, I work for the MOD and I train to become an army welfare worker. And what we do is we train to be a coach, we train to be counsellors and we train to be social workers. Now, the counselling and social worker is kind of low level stuff. You know, yeah. a lot of theory, um, it's a lot of presenting issues and stuff like that. Whereas the coaching is about, look, we're here. This is where you are now. Let's go, get you to where you need to go to. So I've got a level seven qualification in that, which is just below like a, a master's degree. Wow, you got like a seven month course. Um, that is, was, is it like a, one of them real intense courses? Like, no, it's it was so it was residential, so it was Monday to Friday. Oh. Don't forget, I'm still come, not coming to terms with this. Was like five or six months after my breakdown, but it yeah. came at the right time, it was right for me. Um, a lot of people would have gone like it's too soon, but it was like, no, I need this, I need to understand why I am the way that I am. Um, and going on this course, this course turned me inside out. Yeah. Instead of like 
you attacking yourself, you sort of like tackle yourself. Yeah. That, that's you know, such a good way to put it. You know, I tackled so much shit. I was going home every weekend and I was like, guess what? Bang, 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 Offloading and then leaving again on a Sunday, still trying to deal with like insecurity and still trying to deal with paranoia. But I knew that, I knew this is what I had to do for me. You know, I was I was literally understanding who Lee is. Yeah, you you went you went from giving, giving, giving and then attacking yourself, attacking yourself, attacking yourself. Then you sort of like, he said, I'm done with this. I'm going to attack rather than, I mean, I'm going to tackle, tackle, tackle rather than attack myself. So everything that you was in front of you, you were tackling, you were going head on yeah. while dealing with your, you know what, that, that's that's incredible, man, because that story, like, that's, I, I was speechless, man. I was just listening and taking it all in, like. You know, that's the first time I've actually said that. In yeah. what, like so I, I even though I lived it and obviously as I said my immediate family know that you know that's the kind of first time I've actually I've played it out in my head so many times do you know what I mean yeah um, but it always seemed quite surreal it's like how do you explain that to somebody like no one's going to believe that shit you know what I mean unless you were there and even when I was there I was like what the fuck do you know yeah, it's just, yeah. but it's true you know it is it's really true and so the course was a seven-month course. It was four months residential, and then you go on to placement. You give them, you give them your clients, and and then you, then you qualify. We went on like victory down in Portsmouth, and you had like the the, um, the 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 parade and all that on there, and you get your certificate and all that, you know. And I loved it. Do you know what? For the first time in my life, I had a career, something that I could do with that that was just natural to me, and I was getting paid. Do you know what I mean? So I'd found my vocation in life, and. What I learned from that is, is that sometimes, I always believed the reason I felt the way that I felt was because they thought I was strong enough to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? That was my justification for feeling so shit. That was my justification for sitting totally in the dark all the time because I could deal with it. And that one day they're going to go, you know what, you've done really, really well. We'll let you out for a little while. You know what I mean? You can go and play with everybody else. And that's what it was like. You know, you're constantly dancing with the devil. You're kind of thinking like, at some point, this music's got to stop, man. You know what I mean? It has to. Like, it's, it's got to, I've got to be able to kind of get up and go out and kind of go and mix with everybody else. But you don't. You have your good days, but you don't know they're good because you want to go back to what you know, which is the shit days. Because it's normal. You can deal with that. You can cope with that sort of stuff. But when you have a good day and you're happy, you're kind of like, I don't know what this feeling's like. Like it's not, it's not natural. It's not a normal feeling. It's, it's. Do you understand what I mean? But yeah. you know, as we said at the beginning, there has to be an opposite to everything. Yeah. Um, and because I occupied that space for so long, I was done. Like, I, I was done. Like I needed to go out and find peace. I needed to go and find out what was going to be good for me. So I started filling up my own cup. And what I was learning about myself was just incredible really really incredible because you're so used to putting yourself down and you're so used to telling yourself the same story so you were saying earlier on about language if you're telling yourself you're shit you're going to be shit you're going to go and attract yeah. shit you're going to do shit because that's what you're so used to you know it's that learned behavior but then if you start saying if someone says to you but you're really good at this and they're going yeah no i'm not it's like but you are it's like yeah i'm not it's like right look let me show you this let me show you what you can do and then you'll start believing it and that's what happens. You start changing your narrative. You start changing your story. You start telling yourself, actually, 
I can do this. I can get out of bed. I can go to work. I can help these people. You know what I mean? Lee, um, that's, a prime, that's a good example. You said when someone you're given something compliments to, yeah. and they say, no, I'm not. Good at something. But then you then go and sort of show them why you're saying what you're saying. What about if after you've done that, they still come back and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. You break it down. How do you, how do you then challenge that? How do you then help them to try and believe in themselves that they are actually good, that you're seeing something good in them, but after you've showed them, they're still saying that they're not good. How do you challenge that? How do you... So you went to, to you at the beginning about you're a forward thinker, and you went to me, yeah. yeah. And I went, how are you a forward thinker? And you went, because I plan a couple of things in advance. So there is a compliment for you. That's really good that you do that. That's quite positive. And then, yeah. Was like, oh, yeah, I know. And then I said to you, then you went like, it's either good or bad. And I went, what about the in-between bit? And you went, well, that's kind of growth. And I went, so then you're growing. So then if you're showing people that if you're doing something, something really small and minute, that's growth because you're different to the person you was yesterday. You're different to the person you was an hour ago. You're giving them solid, tangible shit to look at and they can't say no because they've done it themselves. And so you're just giving it back to them and going to them, but that's what you did. And they're like, oh yeah. So they might not get it right then, but they'll go away and reflect on it and they'll go away and think about it. And then you'll come back and the attitude's different because they know that they can achieve it. Anything that we've been through, we've been through it. We come out the other end. So then you use that. Like whenever I coach anybody, I go, tell me about what you did. Tell me about what you can do. Tell me your talents and I'll show you a skill. Do you know what I mean? And they go, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, what did you do? What did you do as a job? Right, so you did that. Yeah, but I don't do it now. No, no, but you did do that. So it's still there. You know, we can pull it back out of you. You can build on that. But people will look back on their past and all the negative shit. Yeah. You can spin that around because there was still good stuff to go with that. We just have to pull that out for you to see it and go, right, now let's build on that. You know, let's build on what you did. You was a striker, but now you're a left back you can play all over the pitch you can switch your mind into different roles yeah there's a skill you learn that but your talent is a footballer do you see what yeah. i mean do you see how you're breaking it down yeah, so your mate. mindset will always switch because you're so fixed on well i'm just a strike mate you're a footballer you play football you have yeah. a position that you play within that role as a footballer but you can still occupy other positions on that pitch because you're first and foremost, you're a footballer. It's just how you think about it. Yeah. Do you get what it, I mean? Yeah, no, I do. Basically, we grow through what we go through. Yeah. I think what is that? And a lot, and we, we've discussed this, obviously, before, where looking back to our past, it turns out to be something to be fearful of yeah. when it shouldn't. If you look back to your past and see us like, you know what, this is where I was, this is where I am. I've been through that. Tomorrow's a new day. It's going to be a good day. It's how you approach the next step, but obviously not forgetting about the now, the present. Exactly. But for you to then approach the next day with a bit more of light, you've got to actually embrace and acknowledge what you've been through. Yeah. Because you think, right, the person that you was is given the baton to the person that you are now. You ain't staying where you are because you're moving somewhere else. 
Yeah. You've got the responsibility now of that past person to make sure that the new person, the future person, is the better version of that. That's the responsibility you've got now in the present. It's like it's it's like with like like myself with like triggers. I can subconsciously stop them from happening without me even realizing I've done anything. It's like last weekend was like a real shit weekend. Um, I just deactivated Facebook, just did it without really thinking about it. And then I was good. And I was talking to um, a mate the other day, just saying like how on the weekend went and whatever. <clears throat> I was like, obviously like struggled and that. And then he was like, well, you deactivated Facebook, didn't you? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, why'd you do that? I was like, don't know, like, just just did it. He's like, well, has it helped you? I was like, yeah, it did actually, yeah. He's like, well, you've obviously done something without realising that's helped you. And I think sometimes people don't realise they're doing things that's helping them, mm. which which blows my mind because I didn't even... I didn't think, oh, I'm just going to deactivate Facebook now because it's really setting all my triggers off and it's making me feel worse. I just did it without even thinking, really. I just hit the deactivate button. It's that's, true. Yeah, subconscious mind, mate, can sometimes be pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. But you have to acknowledge it. You yes. have to acknowledge it. You have See, to whatever you're doing is for you. Yeah, I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't acknowledge it, mate. That's the thing. I I had to have my mate to literally say, well, you've done that and it's worked for you. Yeah. And then I had to think back, thinking, oh, shit, yeah, that worked for me. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't acknowledge it because I didn't really think much of it. But now I'm thinking, if I fuck it out, it's a good thing I did that. Also, I could have had yeah. a really, really fucking shit week. It fucking energised me, mate. Facebook, shit. I ate it. I fucking hate it. The only reason why I'm on there is because of the Men Unite group and the podcast. That's it. I hate scrolling through shit that people are sharing. It's fucking... All right, so, all right, so let me stop you right there for a second, then, Mark, because this is where you just contradicted yourself. You just went, I hate Facebook, but I'm only on there for the Men United and I'm only on there to, for the um, for, for whatever the last bit was. I hate scrolling through it. So you're still scrolling through it then? Yeah. So you're addicted to it. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, so, then right, so there you're being accountable for yourself because you're going, well, actually, do you know what? It's only me that's sitting there scrolling from my Facebook. Nobody's making you do it. Yeah. So but, if you acknowledge it for what it really is, then you start to realise what you're actually doing. Yeah. It's weird, though, because I could be watching Tolly and I could automatically pick my phone up, open Facebook and just start doing it and just... I'm not even reading. I'm not... That's the thing. I'm not even fucking reading what it is. I'm just scrolling through. My thumb's just moving. I'm not even reading it. And then I think to myself, what am I doing? I put my phone back down and carry on watching what I was watching. Mate, that's a habit. I need yeah. to break. I need to break that fucking habit. To be fair, I I did because he had a week completely off it, and my god, I was feeling good. Feeling good. So maybe. I need to limit myself. Maybe I need to log off instead of just closing the app down. Maybe I need to log off. Yeah. You know what you should do? Change your password to the longest thing ever. And oh my God. Log out. I'll forget it though, there, won't I? You probably yeah. still talk to me anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Auto log in. <laughs> 
remember my password. It would have that new thing, remember my face thing. You've put your phone in, it will open it for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's something I need work on, like myself. Because, like I said, it works so much for me mentally. Being off Facebook, completely, I didn't go on it for a week. It's so good, so good. But obviously, the mind, mate. You know, yeah. like what we look at is designed to make us look for patterns. So that's the pattern of behaviour you've got. You know, it's picking up your phone automatically because you're used to that behaviour. Yeah. Because you, but you're not looking at anything. No. It's just the pattern that you're used to of picking your phone up and not looking at nothing. But maybe I might come across something. So let's just stay a little bit longer. Just yeah. in case. And then when you put your phone down, you'll go back 10 minutes later and do it. It's like going to the fridge, opening the fridge. There's nothing in there, but an open, you know, the next time you go in there, someone's miraculously filled it up. It's <laughs> a you know, or something, but it's not. But you're still going to open the fridge regardless, even though you just fuck all in there. Yeah. You know, it's a habit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll open the fridge and I'm thinking, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? That's just, that's forgetfulness, that is, mate. <laughs> Big cake. It's what you're after. That's what it is, mate. You're an athlete and you can't eat cake. Oh, mate. That's yeah, but that's yeah. something I need break. So hopefully, I can get that done. I need I need fix some strategies in to break this vicious cycle of being on Facebook. Just ask yourself what you get out of it. Fuck all. Well, but actually, no, there is there is some good parts. I can't bit are saying fuck all. Because obviously I'm helping people on there within the Men United group and I'm uh, uh sending out all the links for the podcast. That's it really. But then most of my time, like I say, I'm flicking. All right, so here's an idea then. Why don't you unfollow people? Um, well, unfollow that's, that's everyone. This. Yeah. Yeah, more than the thing with the college when they are talking about social media and that. Yeah. As well, that. Like, obviously, I got rid of all my social media back in 2014 due to what I experienced. Yeah. What I was going through and found nothing but negativity. And he was... I had to deal with things away from, obviously, social media, which was affecting my life. Then I'm in a bad position mentally, physically, emotionally. Then I'd go on social media, all I could see was me getting bullied, battered, laughed at. And he was, then I had obviously depression, anxiety and all of that. And that was gonna be the end of me. And then I got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm done with this. Like, I delete Facebook, I delete Twitter, I delete Instagram, I delete everything. That's when I started working on myself. And I wanted to come back to social media, I think it was, I think it was five and a half years ago, I came back to social media, but only Instagram. But then I only use it, like what we just said, like for things that would be beneficial to me, what I can see on my feeds that are going to help me grow and think differently. Yeah. yeah. I, see, then, I see a lot more positivity on me Instagram feed than anywhere else. That's what I'm saying. That's why I got rid of all that Twitter. Uh, Twitter, yeah, you can get out there a bit more, a bit more exposure, but then there's also... 
there, there, there will be a lot of more negativity coming through because anyone can write to you. Anyone can see what they want. Yes. When you've got Twitter, the only way you can see things being said about you, that's if you search your name. And obviously, like, I, don't, I don't do that. Like, I don't give a damn about what people are saying about me, whether it's good or bad. I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah. But Instagram, I think in, with Instagram, you can control it a bit more. Yeah. Private, you can, and it's also just pictures or, or videos. And you can also choose, obviously, who you want to follow, who you, who you see to your feed, who, what feed you want to see. You can also block certain feeds for being popping up on your on your feeds. You get me? You can you can control it. If you want more negativity, that's your choice. If you want more positivity, that's your choice. It's down to what you want to see. That's how I see it now. Yeah, I agree. we had we had a conversation with a college the other day, where they said like, "Well, talk about social media." And I said, "Obviously, for me, if I see something that's sort of like people are stunting, they have to live a life that they don't live." when in fairness they're struggling but if it's in front of me if i see it it makes it believable for me so the way i turn things around i don't say to myself like they're living a fake life no i say well if it's in front of me i might not be able to afford that but it shows that it's achievable if i work hard and if i want something like that yeah but i don't care how that person is living whoever posted i don't care how they're living how if they posted it obviously it's real. It's somewhere out there, whether that's his or not, yeah. it can be achieved. So it's how you see social media, and that's that's how I see it myself. Well, Facebook and all that thing, I don't really use them apart too much. I'm glad you brought up Instagram. I did say at the start of this episode that I've got a bit of a rant. Um. It's a bit of a rant, but it's got a topic towards it, okay? So it's not like a complete, you know, useless thing. It's around jealousy, this rant is, okay? So I've received, last last couple of days, I've received a couple, well, a few messages uh, which are in me request, that the message request that you get. Uh, yeah. And it's not, it's not porn, by the way, Monty. Before we get on to that one, There's no Paul this week again, mate. I have lot. No, it's fun. Sorry. Yeah, I get a lot of that, mate. A lot. Yeah. Of yeah. Of I'm horny. Come fuck me and stuff like that. Yeah, and I just can't. Yeah. Do that. I'm. A, I'm alright. Thank you. <laughs> but no, I had a few, and they're absolute. I've checked them out. The real, real people, and um, well, one of the messages said. Your content is shit. I'm unfollowing you. And I couldn't reply because they blocked me. So, and then the other message was, why so many likes on your shit content? Well, the same person. No, different, different person. Different person. But again, I couldn't reply because they blocked me. Okay. The same person. But you think... The, yeah. That, yeah, maybe, maybe someone's got a trolley. It's but, probably the same person that's been reporting you for ages. Well, it's perfectly fine. So, yeah, I couldn't respond because I was blocked. Okay. And my response would have been completely nice. It wouldn't have been horrible. Okay. 
the main response to that would be the reason why my posts are so in brackets shit, okay, it's because they're so positive. And the reason why they're positive is because the suicide rate is currently shooting up like a bastard, okay? And that is because people aren't talking. People are bottling shit up. People are leaving the emotions to get that explosion stage. And there's people like myself and Lee and you, Monty, and there's, there's thousands of us, millions of other people that do the same, that are raising awareness about the topic of mental health and how important it is to talk, okay? So please, please, please keep on sending them messages because you're probably not going to get very far in life. Yours sincerely, Bids. Take a bow, mate. Take a bow. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know why. It's just jealousy, man. And it's, I don't know if, you know, people, it's an insecurity thing with jealousy or what? I mean, I don't know if you have you had situations where people have been jealous of you, Monty. Yeah, plenty, bro. Insecurity. Yeah, reasons. And with me, I'd, instead of them blocking me, I block them. Oh, uh, me, baby. I've, I've been through that stage where I've had a lot of negativity, and yeah, negativity and obstacles and things are part of life. It's just how obviously I I'm in control of what I can do. So if I if I get something that's negative and I don't really like it, I don't really like the vibe when I'm reading it. Yeah. Even if it's nothing too big, but if I don't get the vibe with the comment, I'm blocking them. But yeah, I want yeah. That's what I do, man. Because I'm hot headed. So you know what I'm like. <laughs> oh yeah, that man bags out, baby. I'm, I'm hot headed. If anything, if, if I if I if I read too much into these things, then obviously it puts I put myself in a in a bad mood. And it's not it's about being aware, and I'm aware of that now. Where that what they're saying is not putting me in a bad mood. I'm putting myself in a bad mood because of what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be in a bad mood just because I'm reading something like that. They don't they don't read right right to me in my head. I just block them. Yeah, I think it's a probably good yeah, thing that they... Ciao, papi. Hasta luego. Yeah, I think it's a good thing that they did block me. Because I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what my response would have been. Ah, right. So is it a response or is it a reaction? Well, it would have been a reaction, wouldn't it? So now you've had a chance to think about it and you reflect on it. Now it's a response because you know, actually, you know what? I've taken the good from that and I've gone to you. This is what I'm going to do. But your reaction would have been like, yes. How do you feel? Do you know what I mean? There's a difference there. And that's where the power is. The power is in your response, not your reaction. Because you're giving away in the reaction. Do you know what I mean? But a response, you're going, all right, mate, I'll take that. I'll think about that for a little while. I'll digest it and I'll spit out the shit that doesn't work for me and I'll take what I can use. That's what you did. It's just um, just one of them emotions that I just don't get, jealousy. I just don't get it. It's like, how I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's like someone's if someone's doing something good, doing good things, and then there's always going to be that one person or maybe more person, more people that always have that 
kicking the, you know, kicking the dick basically. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. l- like you said, if I, if I if they had if I wasn't blocked, my reaction would have been probably different because it was like that spur of the moment kind yeah. of thing. Like I see red quite quick. Boom. Like you're having it, boy. One of them. But so it's a good thing they were I think it's a good thing they were blocked. They thought it's a favorite, eh? Yeah, because you know, sometimes, man, like I said, the filter's not there. The mm. filter's not there. And one day, whoever you are, chimpanzee Dave will be coming. Birthday cake in hand. Yes. Make sure you <laughs> share your birthday cake with my chimpanzee Dave. Big time. Yeah, right, so- bro. So where can people find you and all your Me? information? Yes. You can find me on Instagram under Lee Anderson Coaching uh, on my website, um, Lee Anderson Coaching. Um, also, I, I'm part of a group on a Sunday night called a Support and Elevate group. Um, you can Sweet. find Zoom in my link or it'll be going around on my stories. Um, yeah, listen, look, I get you. I, I hear you. I understand that sometimes it can just be a really anonymous message, um, but that's all it takes. It's just that one little, whatever it is, even if it's just a little emoji or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me how you're feeling. Um, and yeah, so, you know, that's where you'll find me. You know what I mean? Awesome. We'll drop all the links will be in the YouTube description. And another big thing I'm really excited about, we've got new episode artwork for Spotify and iTunes. And you are debuting on it, brother. Sweet. <laughs> yes, mate. Lee Anderson. That's me, mate. Monty, you've got any last words, mate, before we go? No, it's just, it's been a pleasure, Lee. Um, obviously, you are finding the courage to share something with us that you've not even mentioned before as well. Mm. in open light like you've done and i'm sure a lot of people will take from this that even you yourself are a prime example of how good you might feel you are you also need the help to keep growing and you've got a coach yourself you're a coach yourself as well helping people and you've also got someone helping you so for those listening watching understand that if you get to that stage where you still feel good and you've don't need the help you do we never stop learning we never stop growing so we just and if you need lee to assist you with anything obviously we'll have the links down below and just search him up lee it's been awesome mate it's been proper open and honest and really want to thank you for giving you giving us your time man it's been awesome listen you're welcome thanks for giving me the space man it's been really cool it's been any nice any time well. Any, any, any time. Anything you need, mate, just give me a shout, you know what I mean? Yes, mate. Take it easy, bro. Peace, easy, and, bro. peace and love to everyone. Men Unite podcast with Bids and Monty.